Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. That's right. We're back for part two. What a glorious Friday it is. Rucker, we still doing great? We're great. We're, we're better now. If you listen to part one, we weren't great in the beginning until <laughs> I saw Metcalf, but we had a rough start. Um, it's been a heck of a week, but we are full steam ahead. All engines are go, and I'm ready for this one. Part two, you know, so, so much fun. They had to do it twice. Um, this is going to be interesting. Because if you're listening to this and you listen to part one, you should know that this is the mock draft. We're going to talk about some some mock draft. And I have some thoughts, Metcalf, and I know you're going to have some too. So take it away. Yeah. And if you didn't listen to part one or if you missed part one, make sure to go back and check that out. We ran yeah. through our uh, n- the, the recently published No Ceilings Composite Big Board Top 45, our likes, our dislikes, surprises, all that good stuff. Make sure to go check it out and uh, a brand new inductee to the ever exclusive green room so make sure to go check out part one but this is part two and we're kind of following a similar theme of we're just going to briefly run through our no ceilings mock draft our first one of the year uh that as you're listening to it to this uh should be up is published on friday so make sure to go over to no ceilings nba.com and check it out um unlike the big board rundown we're not going to go pick by pick or spot by spot uh we're just going to kind of run through some that really stood out to us and I was unable to make this meeting that assigned these picks. So do not blame me because uh, there's plenty of stuff in here that I firmly disagree with and I get to yell at Rucker about. So I'm excited for it. Yeah. The uh, So and obviously the, the, the first two picks weren't any surprise. Victor and Scoot going one and two. Um, but what really stood out to me was Keontae George at six. And not necessarily that he went at six because I know a lot of people are really high on him. But mm-hmm. the fact that he went six to the Brooklyn Nets, and just for clarification, this order was set uh, two days ago. So if you look on Tankathon or the standings Friday, and it's you're like, what the heck? These teams are one spot away from where your pick is. That's why. Get over it. It's okay. But I hated this pick, Rucker. I when when I pulled up the the, the Google Doc and saw Keontae George six to the Brooklyn Nets, I was like, what? Who who allowed this to happen? Why? So what was the thought process behind this? Oh wow. So you're just gonna grill me on every oh, yeah. pick. Like no, this uh, is this is all your fault. I'm, I don't, I'm putting hundred percent of the blame on hey, you. <laughs> hey, I don't agree with a lot of stuff too. So I'll give everyone a let me give everyone a background of Please. like how this process goes and then we will move forward. Um and for everyone listening, like the order of the first two picks. Houston had number one, Orlando had number two. That is going to be important to know because Houston got Victor, Orlando got Scoot. I will talk about it why later. So what happens with these mock drafts? We have a big meeting. We sit around as a collective and it is war room style. We go around, everyone gives their opinion about who they believe should be selected or projected to a team. And we usually get going for a while before all of a sudden we hit a very vicious roadblock and it gets heated and we kind of start talking some trash to everyone. And 
then all of a sudden we have to go to a vote and that's where it gets very funny. <laughs> and, and um, especially when it's like a, someone has the swing vote and I feel like we got to six and I was like, Whoa, okay. Um, Brooklyn's on the clock and there were just some other directions I would have gone. I, I thought Nick Smith would have made a lot of sense there. Um I thought Jarris Walker would have been a perfect fit because, hey, what do the Nets need? Size, versatility, defense. What does Jarris Walker have? Size, versatility. Well, I don't know if you know defense. about this, but they're also going to need a point guard. Um, I don't know if you've been following the news lately. Yeah, I, so my counter to that is Keontae George is not a point guard. I know, and that's what I was – I was a little – as much as I love Keontae, I was battling against it, but – then someone brought up Ben Simmons, and I was like, okay, now we're really... Oh, this no. is what happens, oh, folks, no. when you do a mock draft in the beginning of the year. This is... It's all coming full circle. This is why <laughs> I hate doing mock drafts to start out the season. I got everyone on this. But, but you know, I think Keontae has the tools. I think Brooklyn's just going to be in a, in a weird position if they were picking this high, um, where they're going to have to look themselves in the mirror and Durant's under contract. I'm expecting that those talk, those trade rumors will probably pick up again if they keep, you know, looking like a dumpster fire. Who knows? Um, Kyrie's on his player option, so he's going to probably be gone. I would be very shocked if the there's an extension there now. But yeah, it, it, I I don't know, Metcalf. I, I'm right there with you. I love Keontae's skill. I think there's some weird picks in this range where it's like there's too much talent on the board. How can you pass it up? And I don't love the fit. There's a, there's something we're going to talk about later that I absolutely – I think I slept two hours last night because I was like, I can't stand those picks. So for everyone listening, it's not that, like I love every no-ceilings mock draft we do. I usually will be like, come on, what were we thinking here? <laughs> Why don't you like Keontae at all to Brooklyn? You said you hate it, and it's like – yeah. Why? Because because they have a dozen small guards already. They have Seth Curry. They have Patty Mills. I'm not saying those guys are the future, but they have a ton. They have Cam Thomas. They have a bunch of small guards who aren't the best defenders and who can shoot. Who is he getting minutes over early? Is that really going to change things, or are you? And if if this was pitched to me as, hey, we just thought he was best player available, and who knows what this team is going to look like? Awesome. Um, the explanation I got was not as encouraging. And I don't I think, think that... Hey, look, calm down. If Keontae's going sixth, if uh, now I'll throw it back at you. <laughs> you want... Okay, you wanted, a, you wanted to start a fire. You started a fire. Now I'm up. There All right. Go. It only took an hour and a half to get some energy out yeah, of it. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's <laughs> the week it's been, folks. If Keontae's going sixth, that means he had a damn good year. That yep. means he is probably viewed as a type of Bradley Beal upside type of guy. And Brooklyn might look at that and be like, yeah, we have all those guys. If they're trending the way that they are, those guys are probably not going to be on the roster. They're probably going to look to move them somehow, whatever. A lot of stuff can happen over an NBA season and an off season. So Brooklyn might look and be like, Hey, we're going to be needing some talent. And Keontae looks like you just said, he looks like he's the best guy on the board, best player available has scary upside that we're a fan of. I understand it. Yes. There's some guys that went after that, that, you know, I would have probably been more intrigued by, but 
I get it. Because I also think there there's a weird range in every single draft or mock draft, especially when you're doing them in the preseason, in which you could try to convince yourself, like, eh, do we draft for fit or am I drafting for the best player available? And if Brooklyn's up there, you got to just – I don't know if you could draft for fit. I think you got to be like, we need to get a guy that's going to be here for a long time and develop potentially into an all-star. Yeah, and, and th- that that's fair. That mindset of – Hey, best player available. Who knows what this roster is? Let's go with it. Fine. Totally get that. Um, I, I think where I kind of break from a lot of people on the Keontae kind of eval is, and I'm a little lower on him. And when I say lower, I mean, I have him at nine. So it's not this, I'm not out on him by any means. Um, but I think a lot of people at no ceilings are a lot higher on his kind of space creation and on ball creation and ability to score with the ball in his hands. And I don't buy that yet. I I think he's good at getting to his spots. I think he's really physical. I like how he attacks the rim and absorbs contact and all that kind of stuff. But on the perimeter, I was really underwhelmed by the amount of space he created. And when he did take, you know, pull up jumpers and stuff, it was contested a lot. And I just at six three, I think he's listed at six three. Yeah, six three one eighty five. He's a small two guard, and I'm not sold that a he has the playmaking chops to play point, um, and b that he's this uber dynamic scorer that doesn't have to mainly rely on others to kind of create shots for him. See, and I'm buying that he is going to be that versatile offensive weapon okay. this year. Um, I understand your hesitations, but I, I just, I don't know why I'm, I've been very intrigued with the film, like this off season, even watching him play overseas. I feel like there's going to be a very confident player there. That's going to be able to do a lot of special stuff, but I understand your hesitations because that's going to be a talented backcourt at Baylor. So is he going to be able to have, you know, the leash to be able to be free and, and do what he wants to do, or is he going to have to play inside a system and try to be efficient and maybe his numbers struggle because of that? I don't know, but um, I'm, I'm really happy to be here and getting criticized about the first mock draft of the year. On, it's all your yeah. fault. It's yeah, all your fault. All right, because, so- you know, college basketball hasn't <laughs> even started and you're ripping me apart about a mock draft that I didn't get to pick every person. I got a vote. Well, well, you're the only one here, so it, it kind of seems like you did. But let's go. You, <laughs> you said that there was one that was kind of bothering you, or that that they kept you up the other night. So, w- which one was it? Um, it's 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 a pair of picks. Okay. In the lottery. Ooh. Um, and it's not the first one; it's the second one. So, I love everyone at No Ceilings. They're all going to listen to this and attack me in the group chat. Bring it on. Um. You know, I'm not going to say what I said, but I'm going to move on. I was going to try to make a joke, and then I realized I was too tired, and it's not funny. Um, Scoot went number two to Orlando with how Tankathon's order went. Orlando's also getting the pick from Chicago, which was ta- uh, ninth. Excuse me. And at number nine, we we keyword we <laughs> took Nick Smith Jr. Yeah, you did, and my honest comment to the group when everyone was going for this was what the fuck are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, why? 
I was like, I yeah. know that I love Orlando Magic fans. They're awesome. Orlando Magic. But I, what are we doing? Like they have 15 guards. I don't need to keep doubling down. It's like a guy that's playing blackjack that keeps just pouring more money in after getting <laughs> terrible hands. And he's like, well, it's going to turn hot. And I'm, no, get away from the table. Go have a steak. Call it a night. And I understand that I, that roster is an island of misfit toys. But what, so now we're giving up on Jalen Suggs. And for everyone's like, well, the, you know, you could have a nice backcourt. I'm not that guy. I don't believe in that. I'm not, you know the guy that's like, okay, we'll, we'll just draft a bunch of guards and then just figure it out. And I think the argument in the group was Nick Smith's going to be more of an off ball guard, which Corey made a very good, you know, point about. And I was like, okay, fine. You can be smart for a little bit. But then I was like, still, that's an off guard. And what are we doing with Jalen Suggs and scoot? Cause I was like, you better be playing scoot because he's the number two pick. And I don't know. I just, that one kept me up, and I still don't like it, and I am ready for the heat that comes on social media tomorrow because no one else is going to answer for it, and I'm going to have to – I'm just going to tag Corey and everyone <laughs> or just tag everyone else that was there. I just I just thought it should have gone a, um, a different direction. But the problem is with a lot of these mocks is we think we have an idea of where people's range should be, but we haven't seen a lot of them. And rosters are going to look different. And when you're a team like Orlando, that you, you're still trying to rebuild on the fly. Paula looks fantastic. Franz yep. looks fantastic. Um, Suggs had a big game tonight as we were recording this. Why Why are we giving up on Suggs so early? Like, it's the second year. I'm, I'm a big fan. Obviously, if they got Scoot, you'd figure those two out. But they got Cole Anthony. They have Fultz still you know, waiting to, to, to do his thing. We're going to add two more. And I'm just, yeah. I, I just headache. I hate headaches. I hate them, especially draft headaches. Yeah. So th- that one kind of stood out to me too, where I was scrolling down. I'm like, okay, Nick Smith at nine to, or to Orlando. Huh? Okay. So Orlando, the team that's pre- been pretty focused on taking a lot of size is now taking two point guards in the top 10 two years after taking a point guard in the top five. Huh? So yeah, I, I didn't love that. Um, I'm Where would sure. you have gone there? Where would you have gone there? Um, oh, now so, I'm going to throw it right back at you. You so based welcome on the, to the tower, welcome to the feeder of pain. Shout out Motley crew. Uh, based on how the board looks. Um, I think I might take a swing on Asari Thompson or Kaluma. I think those are who, so I, I think those would probably be at the top of my board, given how Orlando's current roster is constructed and how they're kind of building out their uh, initiators. Yeah, so I was getting a little drunk with the Kaluma because you nominate people for everyone listening. You nominate people during these war rooms, so you and I was just going. Like, we're getting into Kaluma territory. I, I know it's a little rich for people's taste, but I like it. And um, there's just some other names that I was kind of like, it's rich, but I could see it. Um, like who? Who Who would you have preferred? If you, th- This is just Tyler Rucker's 
personal mock draft. You're at that pick. Who are you taking? I mean, I, I would have... The idea of Kaluma and Franz, that is depth. You're building depth. They don't need to play them right away with each other. But, like, I also thought, like, Hood Shafino might have been really rich. Mm-hmm. It would have made some sense for me there. Anthony Black would have even made sense for me. I, I think Dylan Mitchell is the wild card in my head that I was kind of like, that makes some sense if you're just like, hey, yeah. we're going to get this defensive monster that comes off the bench when we need stops and we're building. Now we're getting pieces of the roster. We have the offensive weapons in Paulo and Franz. We need a defensive lockdown. And Dylan Mitchell would be like, yeah, I can do that. I can, I, I'll, I'll be fine with that role. So I don't know. It just seemed ugly. And the, the annoying part about Mox is you will never project trades. So in that spot, right. Orlando probably would have traded down, but it was just uh yeah, headache, headache city. All right. So you said there were two. Do you want to go to your second or do you want me to go with one of them? No, I want you to to keep this rocking. Okay. Um I well I, I I'm gonna get a little positive because you okay. know that you know, not 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 everything's awful here. Uh, <laughs> really selling this. Uh but a, a pick that I really liked was Arthur Kaluma at eleven to Charlotte. Um, I love that fit. I love that kind of range for him to go, especially this early in the season. Um, I, I think he's a perfect fit there. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I was pushing that one pretty hard. We, we, we got puzzled on Charlotte cause we were joking and we were like, are they going to do a, a smart thing or were they, cause we're trying to figure out like, okay, what is that roster going to look like? What are you, what are you doing next to LaMelo? You have no idea. And then we're like, okay, so where are they wanting to go? Like Hayward's under contract. Um, Rogier's still under contract. I know he's been in training negotiations, but like, this is what we're talking about a month in the season. Like everything's going to be so different throughout the year. So we're like, well, what do they want? And then Dylan Mitchell's name was brought up and Hmm. I was like, yeah, but are we just, we're just going to keep doing this, you know, Kai Kai Jones. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, we're just going to keep taking the Kai Jones potential there. Yeah. Um, And I was like, Kaluma makes a lot of sense for It's like the type of guy they need here. So I actually love that pick. Um, That's probably one of my favorite picks of the first round. Um, Who didn't I like? I'm trying to figure out. Who else did you like? Um, Well, you know what? I, I, th- that brief two-minute spell of positivity was a little overwhelming. Yeah. Me, so I, I'm going to get a little more pessimistic here. Um, the Knicks' third pick, and obviously when you know the order was at 16, whenever a team has three first-round picks, it's always like, all right, well, none of these – not all of these are going to be made, so whatever. Um, but Terquavion Smith at 16, that range for him, I like. Um that team, I, I don't really get. I, I don't see who in that backcourt he ever gets minutes over, and it just kind of feels like uh, almost a quickly facsimile. That was where we got ugly. We got a, we got ugly in that range because everyone's laughing. Like the Knicks projected picks two days ago were 13, 15, 16. That's gross. So we're That's going awful. through, and we're like, okay, the Knicks are at 13. We give them. 
made a pick. We got, I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember all the debates to educate everyone. Cause it was funny. We got through something. We we're like, come on guys. Like we're, everyone's just battling. And I think we got to 15 and 16 and we were really like, wow. Like this is where we're at. Cause <laughs> yeah. You, cause the problem is we're not just throwing names. We're also like, everyone's like, okay, let's go through the roster. And we're trying to look at it. And then you start talking to yourself when you're like, okay, there's, there's, log jams potentially everywhere and you're like okay who could be on the move who could be a surprise and it's like we're trying to go through the Knicks roster and it's like well you know Grimes chose to promise like I know he was he just returned into the season he hasn't been playing yet and then we're like what are they doing they got Brunson they got RJ and eventually you know you get to a point in that board where I'm like, who, who is just like a, just throw, throw a dart, you know, and see, and I'm, I'm trying to stall this next statement as long as I can before I get Nick's army at after us. But we were like, it is quickly there. Oh, they're coming for you now. Long term, <laughs> And when we're just like talking and Hey, Albert is diehard Nick's fan where we were like, Albert, figure it out. So I don't know. I think Turkavion, we all came to a point where we're like, regardless of what the roster looks like, that is a worthy swing with your third first round pick. If you're getting an offensive spark off the bench, because we're like, you get Dylan Mitchell, who's the nasty defender. You get Hood Shafino, who looks like he's going to be nasty. And I I also was like, Hood Shafino just sounds like a Nick. (laughs) And then I was like, Turkavion's your your spark, your your guy that comes in and is trying to be your Jordan Poole off the bench. And um, for everyone that is a Knicks fan, we love quickly. We were just trying to – you're trying to talk about the whole roster. You're like, okay, what's this? You know, Randall, Obi Toppin. Um, gosh, who made a joke? Someone said, should they just take Hame, I think, to oh, be God. – randall's heir apparent or something we were i mean we you have to make jokes about it because you're talking for <laughs> two hours like so yeah okay yeah and as the third first round pick in a matter of four picks there's only so much you can do so i i i suppose i'll let it slide um well, what was the other one that kind of set you off edge um Now I'm looking and it, it, it wasn't, I think maybe that was one of them that I was just kind of bugged with Danny Ainge. When we got to Utah, we were all like, what the heck are they going to do if they're picking this low? Um, so the, that one, that one made sense to me because it's more of a long-term project. The GG Jackson one. Yeah. yeah. We said GG Jackson with one of Utah's first round picks. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, we had him going 20 Khalil Ware to the Lakers. I just enjoyed a lot when everyone agreed with me on that one. <laughs> so what, what was the reasoning behind that? I just was like looking, I was like, Khalil Ware has got to come off the board soon. But okay. Lakers were up and I was like, that seems like a, a legit opportunity. Like they would need a big, they desperately need a big, like that would make a lot of sense to me. Um, Maybe Jordan Walsh at 26 with Utah's third first was one that I'm just, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't know. 
I, so I, I, I really liked the Chris Livingston at 25 to San Antonio. Uh, I don't think San Antonio is going to be picking there uh, come draft time. But in terms of type of player and fit and just kind of versatility, winged up scoring, um, I, I really like that. And now I'm getting a lot of kind of Keldon Johnson vibes uh, with Chris Livingston. And I was very high on Keldon coming out. So I, I, I do really like that fit. Yeah, I, I I like that one a lot. I think one of my favorite ones that I think myself started the movement, and I think Corey was like, "Ooh, yeah, I was right there too." But I was getting ready to say it. Um, Sir Thompson to the Warriors at ten was I. We were talking about the Warriors for a while. We're like, "Well, what would they do?" And then I was like. I kind of like Thompson there. Like, I think that would be a really, really good fit. Um, so I liked that one a lot. I'm trying to think of another one. I liked Sasser just at 17 to Utah seems like the aggressive Danny Ainge just saying, screw you guys. Like, I don't care. Give me, give me Marcus Sasser. I'm happy with Sasser anywhere. Yeah. I, I would be very happy there. Um, and I actually liked um, Lively to OKC at 12. So I'm assuming the reasoning there was give them more of a true center to pair with Chet? It was sort of... I, who do, see, when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm stalling, guys, I'm trying to remember everyone we were debating. Um, someone brought up Dylan Mitchell. We kind of went with that for a little bit. And then we were like, please, God, no more guards. Um, who did we... I mean, like the, the reasoning makes a ton of sense because even when you look at OKC's roster right now, their tallest healthy player is Poku. Yeah. I, That's not I, good. I think we said Lively, they need bigs. And we said, Chet, yes. we were talking like, Chet's going to have a great year. You also give him another guy now that can play with him potentially or depth is his backup. And you got a nice little rotation of front court depth. Um, they have your favorite player. Jalen Williams is going to probably have a great G league experience of developing this year. I think he'll be ready for a big step next year. Jeremiah Robinson Earl. So they just need some centers. They need some yeah. bigs. Um, and, and I like, I lively would be a great value there. If OKC got him there, um, we could look up in a couple months and laugh our butts off because he might be, kicking ass at Duke and going, you know, top seven. But, um, yeah, I think that – and I, I actually – I love where Jairus Walker ended up. I was very, very happy to give him to Keegan Murray. Very, very happy. I didn't love it as much, um, but I, 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 I didn't, just – I didn't argue against it, but I didn't, like lo- – I didn't be like, yeah, that's a no-brainer. Um, who did I actually, you know who I pushed to go there? Was it the next pick? Yeah. I pushed our, our, our next, our green room resident, our, our newest member. I, I was like, why wouldn't they take him? Isn't Harrison yeah. on an expiring? I, I, I think, and- so I, I, I think swapping Brandon Miller at seven to Sacramento and Jairus Walker at eight to Indiana. Um, if those are the only two picks available, um, I, I think that would have made a lot of sense. Give me some picks. You would have swapped. I also, the the problem was, is it, you'll laugh at this. 
So when we're ever doing a mock, I'm also looking at our big board because I'm 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 the guy that's like, hey, this guy's on the board still. Like, don't forget this guy's on the board still. Cause I'm like, if we're going through five picks and the third guy's on the board and everyone keeps bringing up guys that are 15, 16, I'm like, did you guys remember that, you know, Scoot Henderson's still on the board? Like he should be going here. So I just, you know, I'm, I'm mediating and I'm trying to make sure. So we get to, we always get the spots yeah. where I'll look three picks ahead and I'll be like, oh boy, we got a rough <laughs> situation coming up if he doesn't go. So I'll like throw a name out because I'm like, we got to get him off the board. And we get to Sacramento. and No, we get to Brooklyn. And I'm like, Nick Smith, Nick Smith. You know, Nick Smith at six would be a great pick. And then I keep like, why wouldn't Nick yeah, Smith be yeah. a great pick at six? Like, he'd be put a point, and everyone's like, oh, he might be more of a two this year. I think they might play Anthony Black a little bit more. And I was like, I think he'd be great in Brooklyn. Oh, so just, oh, just let me finish. Just let me finish. Just let me finish. So, I'm like, I think he'd be great at Brooklyn. The whole time I'm doing that, I'm looking ahead at the next three picks. It's Sacramento, Indiana, Orlando. And I'm like, goodness if we project nick smith at one of those teams i'm gonna lose my mind because i was like sacramento's davion De'Aaron fox i can't do that and then indiana with halliburton and matherin and i was like what are we doing there so it was just funny and then all of a sudden orlando's up and i was like anyone other anyone else but nick smith they just took scoot uh and then you know it was just it was just a nightmare so for everyone listening that you're gonna come at us at social media tomorrow just I know, I know, <laughs> I know. And you're probably all going to get gifts responses tomorrow. I'm just going to send the same one to everyone. Okay. So let, let me get this straight. The, the pushback for Nick Smith going to Brooklyn was that he was going to play more of a two guard at Arkansas this year. So instead of taking him, the group I, decided to take an actual two guard who doesn't play point at all instead. I think they were thinking maybe higher ups. I don't know, Metcalf. And maybe this was a discussion from a different team. I don't know. Okay. I'm only one man that can do so much. But I I still like looking at it now and I'm being serious because all those, all those war rooms are really fine. They're very, everyone sticks up for their guys. Everyone is not afraid to get told they're crazy. Um, Oh gosh, who was it last night? Shout out to Steven. Steven's got a new guy that he's bringing up. Oh, he's bringing up Boba Miller like every five picks. Oh God. Yeah. So we, for everyone listening, it's it hilarious because we everyone falls in love with one guy and then they want to just keep bringing him up. Like someone else had one last year and it was just hilarious. Yeah, it's it Nick and uh, Jovich. Yeah, Yo- it was like Nick once... had Jovich. He was like, I'll bring up Jovich again. Early in the season, it started around pick 10. And then as the year went on, he, he decided to bide his time. <laughs> well, he would be so quiet that all of a sudden it would just a lull of silence. And he goes, you know, Jovich, Jovich is still out there. <laughs> <laughs> we know. <laughs> uh, but then it becomes a running joke. But yeah. Well, so so I, based on how this turned out, I think mine this year is going to be Jet Howard because the fact that he didn't go in the first round, I found appalling. But I'm, uh, you know, if if you listen to uh, the big board rundown in part one, you'll know that I am apparently significantly higher on him than everyone else at No Ceiling. So that 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 was the the big surprise to me that um, a couple of the guys who went in the twenties even went ahead of him. 
Yeah, I, I, I it, it's going to be interesting to, I mean, I'm looking back at it now and it, it was just, it gets weird with some of these teams. And that's also why I just, the opening month mock draft, if people come at me and or come at us and chaos. I'm going to be like, you guys got to be kidding me. If Golden <laughs> State's picking 10th. I'll give someone a dollar. Like, come on, give me a break as they lost to the Magic tonight. But I, Brooklyn at six. Yeah, maybe they have Miami. I think we'll get their stuff together. Who knows? But um, it, the Knicks are not going to be having three picks and four selection. Like, they're not going to be picking three times and four picks. So I don't know. There, there, there was just some some interesting. I'm trying to think. Like, I feel like last night I left and I was like, "Why did this guy go, not go in the first? Yeah, I mean, I knew you were gonna be mad about Jet Howard. Yeah, I, I knew it. I just, I just absolutely knew it. I thought the slander. Well, then I thought there were some guys that went later. I thought Proctor should have gone earlier, but I actually was intrigued where he ended up. But I also was like, I was like, well, we just took Nimhard last year, so what? Are, and he looks like he's getting minutes. So are we just? It, it's good. just I like him. Yeah. So that's the really tough part about this is you you want to start drafting at some point when you're projecting a preseason mock draft. You're like, <laughs> okay, it's got to be best player available regardless, right? But there's a lot of teams that we don't know how the rosters are going to develop throughout the year. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Orlando one, what would you have done for, Orlando? no, no, we already or, talked about that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, give me another one you would have liked to potentially change. I'm trying not to spill the whole order. Cause I want you guys to go look because yeah, team's writing some really good stuff about the picks and they're prepared to go to war also because, you know, we had a good big board day. Now everyone's going to. The mock draft's another animal. So, um, I, I would have re- just kind of how this turned out. I think Marcus Sasser to the Clippers at 14, I think would have been really nice. Would have been the most Clippers pick ever too. Yeah, I, I really like that. Um, I know it's if everyone listened to part one, that's just because you have a vendetta against Anthony Black, but it's fine. It, I will it's allow not, it. it. It's more of a, a, a pro Marcus Sasser and, has nothing to do with Anthony Black. But if you swap that and he and Anthony Black ends up at Utah, I almost love that idea for Utah. So there you go. Yeah. Now we're now we're we're cooking with stuff. Um, so I'm just trying to help everyone here. Should I just have fun and do it? See where we're at with Tank? Oh no, I can't because there's only two games tonight. I was going to say the Tankathon order, and you just give me your top six. Um, we'll we'll give everyone a bonus little projection sure. of our top six sure. screw it let's do it why not all right houston at number one victor, victor? all right yeah. there you go detroit pistons at two oh. do you, Still got everyone listening do you see how quickly that changed i no, it's good it's god oh my god a trio of kate ivy scoot but does everyone understand what Ooh. i just said i mean listen to this last night they were picking fourth one game they put now they're picking second so yeah detroit but Perfect example of what we've been ranting about. Like, second, what are you doing? Scoot. Are you ringing the dinner bell and saying, you got to come trade with us? Because guess who's picking third? Orlando. Are they- 
mean, we just talked about this, but Orlando would probably take Scoot still. Um, and I think Detroit, that's a, woo, that's a tough conversation. Nah, I'm, I'm running to the podium with Scoot. The problem is, is they're projected. Brooklyn would, is now projected to be picking fourth. And I don't think they have enough picks anymore to trade <laughs> Detroit, but it would be, it'd be really fascinating. Um, okay. Are we doing that? Well, no, we can't do that. But because I just went on a rant forever about how Orlando would not do this. So now we're giving what's Ivy and Cade and, for everyone that says Cade slides to the three, I am going to snap if you say that. Why does everyone hate Cade? Why is no one believing? I, I, I'm I not the right it. person to ask about that because he's incredible. People were, I feel like it's, we, it's, people were, it's weird. It's, it's weird. weird how divisive that top three of Cade Mobley and Draylon Green turned into. It. I, I don't remember kind of a top of a draft where everyone – got so argumentative and defensive over their guys. Like I, I, I had it Cade Mobley green, but if other people had it in a different order, I was like, okay, yeah, I can, I can get that. And, but for some reason that one, people get aggressive over those three guys. Everyone's gotten less imp- or less patient too. I feel like oh, everyone's well, really hall- hurried now. Not a hall of famer by November. If you're rookie year, you suck. Obviously everyone knows this. I just really, really like Cade. And and then there was like a week where everyone was like, okay, he's not going to be a star. And then he started having like 38 and six. And I was like, where's that energy? Yeah. Um, okay. So what are, we're at two. You think they would take Scoot still? At Detroit, yeah. Why? why not? I know how good he is. I love him just as much as yeah, you. Why but not? why are we doing this? Because you take best player available when you're at two. And when the gap between two and everyone else is that big, you don't hesitate. Unless Brooklyn is like, hey, we'll trade you Kevin Durant for two. You know, some some package, whatever, make the money or picks or whatever work. But um, Or New Orleans trades three of their players to go get Scoot. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> ooh, ooh, that's... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> in a minute (laughs) wait so the top six i'll just read this off first we're at victor at one so metcalf was talking all this shit and we're now we're he's realizing how no i I, I said screw that too no (laughs) i'm just saying so it's houston at one detroit at two orlando at three brooklyn at four sacramento at five and the lakers just kidding new orleans at six yeah no i i I take my top six guys almost in order there. So I, I would go Victor, Scoot, Derek, Jarris, uh, then Brandon Miller, and then Cam Whitmore. Boom. I would go Detroit would trade, but I would go Victor. I'm going to say Scoot because I think it's one, two, no matter what. It, this is just the nightmare of epic proportions freddy krueger is jealous of this nightmare three i would go uh i would go jareek four to brooklyn 
I think you're a little higher on Nick Smith than I am, but I I do agree with you that I I, I like the fit for him. Just at four, I, I would lean Jarris Walker. I would I would go Nick Smith at four. I'm 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 buying it. Sorry. I love you no ceilings, guys. Five, I would go Whitmore. Yeah. And then six. Does Jarris make sense in New Orleans? He makes sense everywhere. Yep. Um yeah. Six I would six I would do Jarris Walker. Yeah. See? Easy peasy. And Okay. I'm just looking. I'm just looking. Because everyone that's a big Amen Thompson fan is going to say, well, he should go four to Brooklyn. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, him and Ben Simmons would be fun. But there's a lot of stuff that can change. And I don't think you're putting him in Orlando, but maybe you are. Maybe that's the curveball we're not talking about, but I don't know. So we're having fun now. Okay. You have any more mock draft comments questions concerns or do you want to you wanted to change it up yeah so i I think that's going to wrap up our kind of mock draft review uh make sure to go check it out at check out the whole thing every pick um at no ceilings nba.com we're going to have paragraph write-ups on every pick and player in the top 30 uh so make sure to go check that out it should be published as you're listening to this but we got college basketball next week, and I, w- I wanted to wrap up this segment with a little fun heading into the weekend. Get a little weird, get a little crazy, and uh, give off a few hot takes, some preseason hot takes that uh, if they turn out to be right, we look like geniuses. And if we're incredibly wrong, then, hey, they were hot takes. They weren't supposed to be right in the first place, so can't can't hold our feet to the fire on it. Um, so do, do you... Want me to go first, or do you have one ready? I think you're really excited, so I kind of want to hear some of the stuff you have, and then I'm going to feed off that energy, because I I'm, I think you're really pumped about this, and I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Okay, so um, my first one is that Jairus Walker and Brandon Miller will be top five picks. I really like it. I really like it. I think Brandon Miller is a volcano right now and waiting to erupt. And if he, and I'm talking about draft stock and if he has a strong opening month of play run for your lives. Cause I, it is going to get very, very exciting in the, in the draft world because he's what? Six, nine, oh, six, God, eight, six, nine. Um, yeah. Six, nine, 200. Six nine two hundred, very shifty, smooth. Um, I think he's going to be a three level guy, and get a lot of Demar Derozan vibes in the mid range. Demar Derozan, these I've even heard a Paul George reference. I think that was Corey. Shout out Corey. I I think that's the name right now. Brandon Miller is the one to watch out for, and. and He's getting that buzz, but now he's got to go produce and and show because scouts are, you know, going to Alabama now to, to and they've already been going, but now they're really, really going to be paying close attention. And when you have size like that on the wing and th- that potential, 
you're going to be a hot commodity in NBA, you know, conversation. So I agree with you there. Jarris, absolutely love him. Love him like a son. So I, I get it. I, I think we're all in. I know Seelings is all in on Jarris Walker. You <laughs> got these guys stock. don't pan out. We're, we're going to or you'd be heartbroken. It's funny because I don't think it was like intended. It's just everyone likes him. So we're like, why does, I guess we're the psychopaths and who knows? That's why yeah. we do a preseason board co. We can laugh at it later. It will be fascinating to see when, or if, you know, s- some other outlets start rising him up boards because for some reason he's still in like the teens at the earliest that I've, that, that I've seen. And I, I just don't get the hesitation. If it's just down to the shot, okay but that feels lazy to me because he does literally everything else on the floor at an extraordinarily high level so yes i i'm all the way bought in on those guys and they're gonna have to show me that they can't do it at all before i really start moving them down so very excited about those two um and just left myself with a little wiggle room because i'm assuming that Amen thompson will end up going in the top five even though i'm not sure i would take him there but a lot of what he does is extraordinarily tantalizing and really exciting. So I would be pretty shocked if, uh, if an NBA team didn't fall in love with him as they very rightly should. But what, what is your first hot take? Arthur Kaluma will be a top 10 pick. Love that. Yeah. And not in fantasy. In the NBA draft, folks. <laughs> Didn't know where I was going with that. I believe Kaluma is going to have a heck of a year. I think the flashes I saw from watching him this summer overseas and with that talented team, I think Creighton's going to make a run. And I'm a big believer that when those guys can make runs in the tourney, you get more exposure and NBA teams get very, very intrigued with you because I'm not saying that there's not a lot of you know, evaluators and scouts out there that aren't grinding all year long. But I also think that's a popular time for guys to start catching up on some prospects. And if you keep playing, teams are going to be watching you closely. And and I think Kaluma and Creighton are, are going to be really, really tough team, but I think he's going to be the engine that makes that team go. So I'm, I'm, I got high hopes for him. And um, I don't think it's like going to be a, he immediately just jumps up there, but I could see him just slowly keeps creeping all year. And then all of a sudden we're like, why isn't Kaluma, you know, a potential mid lottery guy. So that's, that's my hot take. You can call me crazy Metcalf. No, I love it. I have him at 12 right now on my board. So I'm all in on the Arthur Kaluma experience. I was hyping him up uh, his senior year of high school, loved him coming into Creighton, thought that was a perfect fit for him. Um, And, you know, I may or may not have some financial interest in Creighton being really good this year. So just <laughs> all, all of that would be incredible. Um, yeah. Um, all right. So hit me, my, hit me with my, my second one is um, excluding Victor because he's just an alien. Uh, there will not be a center taken in the top 20. I literally, not kidding, was just thinking in my head about something with the centers and you, wow, that was a good one. Okay. Not one center in the top 20, excluding Victor. Yeah. So that means no Derek Lively, no Khalil Ware, no Adam Bona. Come on. Kyle Filipowski. 
F.A. Abugidi. I I think Lively is going to go. Um, that that's the big one. Where it's like, okay, something's going to have to take a pretty big downward turn for him. But I don't know. The problem is, is you get to a point in every draft where I don't care what we think because we're always big best player available guys, but teams will get to a point where they're like, we also need a center. We really need a center. And it's like, we like the kid. We could probably work with them. Like even if he had a bad year, they're like, he's still got a lot of talent, you know? So I, 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 I I was flirting with that, but I I like, I like your point, but also if he, I could see if he had a bad year, he slips to 22 and then someone has that same conversation and they're like, Hey, you know, we, we need a center and he's worth the, the roll of dice at this point. So, okay. All right. I, I'll, I'll let that slide. Um, I'm going to go Nicola. Say it for me. Jurisic. Jurisic. I see the J the J he's going to get, he's going to be a lottery pick. Oh, okay. Love it. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to be better this year about pronunciation. So I promise everyone, I'm not just naming someone randomly. If you listen to part one, you should know how I feel about him. I got him at 16. I think this dude is a problem. And he's six, eight, he's 18. He plays the game with great poise and control. He's, he's nasty out there. He's playing for mega. I really, really like him. And I think he can shoot the cover off the ball. So, I'm going to be watching him close all year. I think that's the international guy besides um, the alien to, to keep an eye on. Cause I think he could, he can make some, some momentum up boards. Just very skilled. Very, very skilled. Love it. Jesus. Okay. Get out. <laughs> Just professional over here. Um, can right, you tell so- we're on part two? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So my last one, um, I decided to get real spicy with and uh, Langston love will be the first Baylor player taken. Yeah. I hate that. (laughs) 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 I hated it. it. Okay. That's fine. And just there, you know, there's 25 spots between Keontae George and Langston love right now for me. So I, I get it. I I just wanted to, to throw a wild one out there because I do think that, Langston Love has lottery talent. It's just been a year since we've seen it. Um, very excited to see him play. Um, I'm trying to give you a crazy one now that <sighs> we're, we're, we're almost an hour in. So, you know, there, there are no repercussions. Just let it fly. Yeah, I know, but. Um... Tyrese Hunter is the first Texas Longhorn player selected. Oh, I hate that too. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to give one that's crazy. I, I still really like Dylan Mitchell, but I'm trying to give a crazy one. Um, God, he's going to have to shoot like 43%. Well, yeah, I'm, like trying to, I'm, trying, I'm trying to bank on he, he goes crazy and then Mitchell just doesn't. No, I. Um, you can't even convince you. <laughs> No, well, I'm just trying to think of some other funny ones while I'm at it now. I'm like, hey, all all bets are off. Um, Gonzaga's got two first round picks this year. That's a that's a little spicy one. 
who? Besides Nolan. Strother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Duh. I was like, you think Hunter Salas is taking that big? No, <laughs> I like that. I like I like that one better. I'm gonna go with that one. That's my spicy one. Is Gonzaga has two first round picks. Okay. And they'll both go thirty three and thirty four. And I'll be like, <laughs> dang you. <laughs> it was so close. <laughs> okay, can't um, that anymore. <laughs> no, but I mean it, it it's there's some there's some wild names all around the place. I know there's a lot of uh Daron Holmes. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm really excited. He so uh he he was recently on with uh Sam Bassini. Um really impressive young man. So I it, if listeners haven't checked out that uh interview, I I'd recommend it. Um really we just came across really smart, really humble, really hardworking. Uh I'm I'm really excited to see what kind of year he has. Where was he on our board? I feel like I was like I thought he was gonna be higher. He was thirty no. Uh, I think he was like forty four ish. He was 39. 39. I was shocked by that number. That one, for everyone that listened to part two, part one, that one shocked me. I was like, I thought there was going to be some more fans at no ceilings. Like, I I, I still had him, at, I had him at 32, but I just, I have him at 32, and I'm like, I have a weird feeling I'm going to be trying to move him up to 25 after the first month, but... um and it's also just that's a guy with the big class that we're talking about that might take advantage of, you know. What would he need to do to be the second center taken, assuming Victor's the first? And is there a world where that's possible? I, do you think there is? I think there's for sure a world where he's I do. I, I don't third think center. I, I think third is... I, I think third is pretty realistic. Um, I think there's like a 25% chance at second, which would mean he would take a light leap into, you know, top 10 range. Yeah. I mean, he, he averaged 12 and six last year. He need and 2.3 blocks per game, 6'10, 225. He needs to get to. 14 or 15 and maybe nine yeah was the same thing and free throw was 58.6 last year needs to go up probably show a little bit of outside i i there's a lot of fans some there's a lot of people that really like his game and that's the the one i have listed that i'm like okay i'm gonna make sure i want to watch dayton's first couple games they kind of get a vibe of him but what about you yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to watch him again. Um, I, I haven't revisited his film in a while, and you know we're so close to start of the season that I'm probably just going to wait to watch some play. Um, but I, I'm just I'm really excited to see the the strides that he made from his freshman to sophomore year because you know if he really matured physically, if the shot improved just a little bit. Um, I, I think there's a lot there to get really excited about in terms of a uh, first round pick. Yeah. I, I think that's the one that he could, he can make a lot of noise. He could climb and, and really cement himself as a legit first round guy, because that's, we mean, you've talked about guys returning and that second year, you can do a lot of damage in a hurry if you, if you come back and look improved. Like, you really took the offseason serious, and I think that's where guys climb a ton. Like, you just saw it with um, Benedict Mathurin at Arizona. 
I remember going into the year I talked to um, a guy that's now an executive and I was like, what, you know, what do you think of master? And he's like, probably late lotto. He's, he's solid. Yeah. He had a hell of a year. Like that was opening weeks of practices and Tucson. He's like, Hey, he's solid. He's probably a late lotto guy. Ends up going top six and he's just on fire this year for Indiana. So um, you never know. You never know what can happen over one year. Yeah. All right. Well, the, the last one that just came to me that I'm going to leave you with is uh, KJ Adams will be the second Kansas Jayhawk taken. Um, I love KJ Adams. I'm all. Love him. I don't even have him like ranked in my top 50, I don't believe, um, yet, just because I need to see him play more than like four minutes in a game. Um, but God, I. The 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 rare minutes that he got last year, I was like, oh my god, this dude stands out. So I'm just very excited for him to hopefully actually have a role. I feel like I was down a a really dark rabbit hole one night, probably at like 3 a.m., and just somehow came across like a Kansas Jayhawks message board, and everyone was just like foaming at the mouth for KJ Adams this year. And yes, that stuff happens, folks. Don't ask me how. Like you don't want to be. <laughs> don't ask. Like I, I travel down some weird rabbit holes. It's you know I don't sleep much. Too much coffee. But yeah, I, I, I'm excited. It's it's been some legit buzz about KJ Adams. There's a lot of people that are intrigued to see if he could kind of somehow be like one of those out of nowhere just put on a heck of a show. Kansas is gonna be fun this year. I'm intrigued to watch them. They got a lot of interesting little pieces I'm, i want to see mcculler a lot and i'm yes being intrigued big mcculler fan but rucker this was fun two parts we're done do you have anything to plug any lingering thoughts and if not tell the people where they can find you well i have to say one thing um next week's college basketball and oh my gosh have i missed you you know uh, me and Metcalf, I, I'm very proud of you, Metcalf, for literally hammering down and us talking about high school film for, what, the last two months? Yeah, it feels like an eternity. And we were doing it twice a week. It was tough. It was vicious. <laughs> it, it, I, I cannot explain how happy I am that we're going to have fresh games to watch and feel terrible for my fiance. I'm probably going to, she's, she's never going to have imagined this much basketball in a house <laughs> before. So very, very excited. Thank you for, for doing this grind with me. I'm so pumped that hoops is back. And I think everyone will be looking out because we're going to probably be doing some playback stuff coming up soon. We will. We're going to be doing a ton of it with college hoops now, but um, my goodness, it, it seems like an eternity. This off season. Wow. But thank you, Metcalf. And I hope you have a great weekend. I hope I hope things are getting better for us. <laughs> hey, it can only go up from here, right? But uh once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at Team Metcalf11. You can find all of our merchandise, including our preseason draft guide, uh, which gives you a great overview of the names to know, what to look for, um, and names across various levels of competition. Uh all of that is at no ceilingsnba.bigcartel.com. Um, or you can go to no ceilingsnba.com where we also have a link to the store. And more importantly, we also have links to all of our written work that's 100% free. That's right, folks. It's all free. 
free, just click that subscribe button to ensure that you never miss anything that we publish. You can follow us across all socials at No Ceilings NBA and on YouTube at No Ceilings TV. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating. Till next time. See you.